Welcome to the Darkest Timeline. We envision an alternate world of Ostia where the gods are dead. On the dreaded 23rd of Neil, they didn't simply disappear, they ceased to be. Separate from our main campaign, the Prime Timeline, we imagine what our characters would do in a darker world where most have given up hope. Join our characters as they do what it takes to survive in the Darkest Timeline. Hey, this is Tony. I'm the Dungeon Master for D&D Raw, and with me today are the following players. Hey, this is Rachel, and I play Elaine Fox on the group Rumble Squad. Hi, this is Adam. I play Akiva Kanchu on serviceable plots. And don't forget, if you want to listen to D&D Raw, you can catch us on all podcatchers. And please feel free to message us on Twitter at RulesIsWritten, or email me directly at dm at dndraw.com. And please, we would love your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. As a general note for the campaign... The events in our regular campaign are referred to as the Prime Timeline. Now, we liked Chaos Theory, an episode in Community, where they kind of show like six different alternate timelines of like what could happen if just a different person went to go get pizza and how that might change everything. So because of that, it came out with the Darkest Timeline, which I kind of like the concept of for this world. This is set during the same time as our current campaigns. However, in this timeline, Instead of the gods having all disappeared, they are for sure dead. There are no divine casters in the world. Now, overall, your characters' lives would be the same as in the podcast up until just over a year ago. What do you guys feel like would have been a bit different? And kind of, we already know ahead of time that you both are currently working on a ship. How do you think Elaine would have gotten to this point? So probably about a year ago might have been right around the time she might have started to do the druid thing and uh, maybe less influence from Vumera because she is now dead. So it's like, well, if I can't be zen and druid and, you know, cool, maybe I'll just go smash things on a boat because I like sailing and I like boats. So she does have connections, you know, from her history with her, her father being a merchant. So she could make some connections, maybe have picked up a boat through her brother Awesome. Akiva, Neslam is gone. Been confirmed. Umbra is definitely a, a more of a presence in your ear than before. Like, what would have been different, you think, with Akiva over the past year? Over the past year, Valen would have been dealing with the guaranteed death of his deva. So uh, Akiva would try to help as, as much as he can. But at the end of the day, there's some, some, only so much you could do. So... Uh, Keeb always wanted to see the sea, and he kind of got tired of waiting on Valen, so he went off on his own to go see the sea. And Umbra is definitely more of a uh, an influence on who he is. So how did Elaine and Akiva meet in this timeline? I mean, you wanted to go see the sea. I mean, the nearest major city, if you go directly east, would be Amaran. I would imagine I was walking in Amaran, just taking the sights of the sea, walking along the docks, and then I would suddenly hear somebody... Uh, yeah, shouting some orders. Might have been me, might have been somebody else from my ship, or the ship I had been working on before. And so I just hear, hey, put those boxes back on the ship! So, currently, uh, Akiva's thinking, hey, maybe I should be better at following orders. I hear this, okay, start taking up the boxes, putting them on the ship, taking more boxes, putting them on the ship, and eventually the ship leaves dock. <laughs> With me on it. And I just keep following orders. <laughs> And how would Elaine feel about this random but yet very helpful stowaway? So, as he seems to be following orders, because she's very, very firm believer in, you know, doing your portion of the work and everything, she'd be like, all right, I guess I have a new mate. Maybe at some point kind of pull him aside. Just, you know, why are you here? What, what are you expecting out of this job? Not quite an interview, but sort of like an interview. I kept hearing people kill orders, and I've been wanting to be better at following orders so orders ma'am all right so over the course of the year you two have been working together so on this ship as you guys you know elaine you would have started helping on merchant ships till eventually you were able to acquire a nice size ship of your own what are you guys uh attempting to do like in this new timeline where the gods are dead i think elaine's new goal would definitely be on the ship to sort of as things in her past may have not gone according to plans, sort of seek to right those wrongs in her own small way. The biggest one being everybody who 
does part of their work gets part of the pay. You know, we share in the profits. What about Akiva? At this point, I feel like I would have found some semblance of camaraderie in Elaine as my captain, kind of wanting to make sure that she's safe, that she has everything she needs, and then fulfilling any wishes that a certain entity may whisper into my ears, because at this point, he's lost. He doesn't know what to do with his life. So, I guess at this point, we can go ahead and jump on in. You find yourselves at the port city of Amaran, resupplying and just doing some minor repairs that you would need on the ship over the normal wear and tear of being out at sea for long periods of time. What are the sort of things that you would be doing during this time? I definitely would be kind of bopping back and forth between the dock and the ship, mostly following up with, like, Arza and Elmon to start getting the plans ready. Make sure that they know what the plan is going forward. Make sure that they have whatever they need to do the repairs and plot the course. You know, touching base with first mate Akiva. Going up to Arza. She is a bronze dragonborn. Had a lot of issue, you knew, in the past because of the antagonism in general towards dragonborns. She wasn't always treated fairly on other ships, but she's smooth head, black eyes, over her uh, broad bronze scales. She wears pretty simple clothing, so she's just checking out a couple of the recent patches she's done on the ship as you kind of come up and, and give her general idea, and she's just, so... How long are we in port for? Do we have time to relax? Are we uh, setting out soon? I I just want to know before eventually we travel on our next job. I do intend to spend at least one night, if not two, acquiring our next jobs and uh, enjoying some downtime. Of course. I'd love to uh, listen to see if anyone's got any more interesting tales out at sea. I'm sure you would. You know, clap a hand on her shoulder and then start heading back towards the ship nods and gets back to it. At one point during all of this, Quartermaster is going to approach you, Akiva. He is an elven man. Usually wears like these dark spectacles, heavy clothing, no matter what kind of weather you have. But he's not a very imposing guy. Walks with a little bit of slouch most of the time. He's only about four foot seven. His hair is auburn and curly, though he seems to always have like this energy and liveliness about him as he, he does his work. First mates, Conchu. So I was going over the stats and we need to acquire a few more items. I know Captain Fox is currently looking for our next job, but we lost a few items last time. And I just want to make sure because everybody keeps moving the ale around and then we don't have as much ale as I thought. And I just want to make sure we have a proper inventory of things. I've been taking stock of the inventory of the ship. I will bring it up to the captain and see if we can obtain these provisions that we need. Thank you. That's really appreciated. Hopefully things don't happen, you know, like last time, that big bar brawl that we all got in. You remember that? Yes. I will also check in with Bose and Arza before we leave port. Oh, I just, you can just refer that to me. I mean, it's part of my job as well as, you know, navigating and all that. But yeah, yes, that'd be uh, greatly appreciated. I just wanted to make sure you were informed because, I mean, they take it out of its case. And then I know we have fun... But could they at least let me know that they remove it from its case so that I know that and I can take account? I'll tell you what. I'll try and remember the next time I see it to let you know each time. Thank you, First Mate Country. I'll get back to it. And he just nods and scuttles away. Since he's handling the inventory, I would be going to each of the different stations to see if they need anything, such as if there's any pressing repairs that need to be brought up to the captain, if there's any personnel that needs detention on something. Like, basically... If you have any problems at all, let me know. Bose and Arza will kind of tell you, like, yeah, she's already spoken to Captain Fox. She's she's on it. You do eventually come across your cook, Dekmort Guber Gubikast. Kind of jovial gnome. He wears large black mantle and cape has been intricately interwoven into his gray robe. He has short hair that he keeps in dreadlocks, and an otherwise smooth face is marked with, like, little tiny scars. Yes, actually, if you can, I would love to get some more, like, potatoes or anything on shore, because, and if you can, and he starts to hand you, like, a list of ingredients, if you can see about getting this for the kitchen, that would be absolutely fantastic. I can make an amazing casserole with this. All right, I will bring it up to the captain, and we'll see if it's in the budget. Yes, that would be great, because I know our last job didn't give us as much as we were hoping, but, you know, mash, potato, casserole. I mean, how good would that be? Yes. We also have to remember we have to stay within our limits. Otherwise, we're going to lose the ship. But there should be no limits on taste, right? I'll see what I can do. Thank you, First Mate Kachu. 
At another point, Elaine, you do see your cousin, Nate Fox, sawbones of the crew. Kind of a husky guy, usually wears like white pants and like linen shirts, short kind of rough haircut. A scrape against the coral did a number on uh, Elman the other day, nearly taking a tumble uh, <laughs> off the ship. I'm assuming you were able to patch him up good enough. I've seen him moving around. Yeah, he's fine. You know how he is about keeping everything in its proper place. Might have some notes on that next deck meeting, so we'll be sure to pass that on. Do you have any requirements that you need, or are you okay on supplies for now? Any better tools that you happen to uh, acquire would be great, but uh, I'm actually pretty well off right now. Okay. Oh, also, if you happen to get like any cheap little meats or something... Ariel's running out of food, so... And you know Ariel is his pet lizard. Understood. I will be sure to add that to the list as well. And for the reference, we are staying in town at least a night. Oh, perfect. I guess I'll see where the the winds take me. Understood. I'll go see if, uh, if I can snag some food from Goober real quick. And he starts to head off as well. So the rest of the day you guys spend kind of about the town, gathering the supplies you need for whatever money you can kind of afford or any other acquisitions... What what would be you guys' plans for the evening? Would you guys go out and uh, drink since you are off duty at that point or hang around the ship? I mean, I drink a little bit, but then I would go as my responsibility and watch over the ship while the captain's out. I would probably drag you along. We're in town. Let's enjoy it. We also need to see if we can find any work. I'll indulge you for a bit, but eventually I will make my way back to the ship, okay, Captain? Fine. Loosen up a little. As you guys are spending an evening at the Ocean Breeze, one of the nicer establishments overall, not too expensive, so most of the crew is able to hang around there. After a little bit, Elaine, a figure has been watching you guys for a little bit of time. Human, kind of uh, scruffy looking, dark hair, kept cut pretty short. Definitely not someone trying to hide in the crowd, but you do notice a large kind of greenish, purplish crocodile skin coat. And a wide brim hat as he is just sipping a drink by himself and uh, looking over at your table. Do I notice any markings either of a merchant or anything that would signify pirate? Any small tattoos or symbols? Roll perception. A 23. As you're kind of looking at him, weathered clothes, definitely a sailor. The style of dress, definitely not a merchant. Based off of like a few little factors, you're like, oh, pirate. Because, you know, most merchants try to keep up appearances for the most part. Most pirates, if they have nice clothes like this, but they're much more worn, it's because they've acquired such clothes over time. You do see on his side as well with a 23. He does have a rapier and what looks like a hand crossbow kind of tucked away just under the coat, but you can see the handle of it. After a moment or two, though, he does kind of like gesture to the bartender who fills up his mug and he gets up and starts walking over to you. I would just continue conversing with my table, because he is coming to us, so we'll see what he has to has to offer. So as he approaches, he eventually gets up to the table and goes, Hey, what are you drinking? I'll buy you a round for a conversation. Round for me or round for the whole table? Round for the table. That's only fair. So I'll, I'll let him know what we're drinking. He gestures and just goes, Jamal, another round of whatever they're having. The woman over at the bar. You see her get some mugs together and some ale as uh, he'll take the seat and waits until you are all served a drink. The woman he called Jasmal starts to head off to serve the other patrons of the bar. He leans back a little bit and just, you are a crew in town for the night? At least one night. How about you? Yeah, looking for a good crew to do work a job with me. Interested? What sort of job? A well-paying job. Very well-paying if you want to uh, follow the breadcrumbs. So you don't have a ship of your own? No, I actually don't have a ship of my own at the moment. Had some issue out at sea. I was able to make it back ashore, but the ship didn't make it. And I'd like to try and get this job done as quickly as possible. I mean, help get some money to repair my ship. The way we all get paid, as long as this job gets done. What sort of skills do you have that would be able to assist on our ship? I was a captain, but I've worked just about every position I can on board a ship. Not great at cooking, but I can. I've patched people up once or twice. Actually, that's being humble. I've patched people up a lot, and uh, I'm the one who knows where the job is. Is this going to cause us any inconveniences? Should have no problem with that. It's a simple job. Head out, find what we need, come back. I run a fair share on my ship. Everybody who does work, partakes in the trip, gets a fair share of the haul. Fair enough. I'll take my cut of the even split. I don't think anyone will have a problem with the amount of uh, coin they'd be able to make off this. Where would it be taking us? Out to an island several days away from port. 
and the client we might be dealing with. Oh, it was just me. He kind of leans in a little bit closer this time, reaches into his coat, pulls out a small, rolled up, very worn piece of parchment. Frayed edges, yellowed, as he rolls out what looks to be a map of a small series of islands. And you see a couple of notes towards the bottom of it of what looks like a location of where the islands are. And just says, like I said, a few days out on one of them, I know the location of, is a treasure worth each of your weight in gold. Can I do any kind of cursory glance of the map just to see, like, legitimacy and if I know that he's telling the truth that's only a few days out? Okay. Legitimacy of the map would be an investigation check. Just knowing if it's a few days out is a survival check. I'll do the survival I will do the investigation. 20. 10. Checking out the map. The age seems right. Everything about the map seems accurate based off of what he's telling you that, yeah, this map is an old map that he acquired. You're just not noticing any uh, X marks the spot. Okay. You've done some work as quartermaster before. You would have had to. Just some basic idea of navigating. A little bit rusty since you've been leaving it to Elmon to do a lot of the navigation. But as far as you can tell, based off of his calculations, yeah, it's maybe four, five days out at most. Okay. Well, I like the prospect for sure. However, while I am the captain, it is a, like I said, a fair share crew. So if you'll wait here, I'm sure I could rally the, the troops and get a quick vote and have an answer for you before the evening's done. Fair enough. I'll go back to the bar. If you need to take the night, that's no problem too. Let me know. I can always stop by your ship in the morning, but I'm going to go enjoy myself for a bit. I'm sorry, sir. I don't think we actually caught your name. No, I suppose not. Zolas. Pleasure to meet you. Might I get your names? Captain Elaine Fox. First mate, Akiva Kanchu. Well, just let me know if you need anything. So basically then, after that, I would sit and chat with the table, keeping it very high level. Now, what happens on the chance that it doesn't turn out there is any treasure? Then we'll have made that journey over there for nothing. There's always that possibility. There's a possibility that client, you know, double crosses us any job we take. Arza just jumps in. Well, that's probably why he doesn't have an X on the map and is keeping that to himself, because he might worry the same about us. <laughs> that's very true. Just wanted to bring up concerns. Knowing Goober, he'd probably be all for it as long as it can lead to other types of food ingredients for him. And I know Elman is still building up his stash so that he can get his own ship. Go ahead and get the the rest of the crew rounded up and to meet it back at the boat. Happy to help. I'll, uh, oh, I, <laughs> I'll be honest, I forgot Elman was with us. I'll, I'll go grab him and, and we'll go gather everybody. Understood. Your crew is all gathered. Ours is there. So, what's the job? It is uh, from a gentleman that is looking for a crew to take him out to a set of islands. He says it's a few days out. He has a map. It is not marked on the map where this treasure is held, but obviously everybody gets a vote. He is claiming it will give us each our weight in gold. That would be a lot of gold. Like, yeah, that that, that would be a lot. You hear, like, that would buy uh, so many potatoes back in the background. So we just wanted to make sure that everybody is on board with this. Make sure everybody understands where we're going and what the risks and rewards might be. Eventually, um, do we have enough stock on for an additional person. I, I didn't originally account for... We will make sure we get the proper provisions for another person. I don't intend on cutting our rations just to bring this gentleman on. He's not going to be a freeloader. Perfect. I will start to take those into account. Alright, so I guess to the vote, anybody who is not in favor of taking this position, raise your hand. Overall, you get a majority that do not raise their hands. Awesome. And everybody in favor of taking this job, go ahead and raise your hand. All of the rest raise their hands, especially with the idea of weight in gold. Yep. I would also want to get a sort of weather report for the next few days. I want to make sure we leave in the best weather conditions possible. That would be uh, Elman. As quartermaster, navigator, he has a better idea of the readout for what's weather going to be like over the next few days. He is going to take out his tools and start checking anywhere nearby. Seems good. I mean, maybe some cloudy skies, but beyond that... Then we will leave first thing in the morning. General consensus of yes. A few drunken yeses. I'm going to be heading back to the bar. They're welcome to join me if they want. I'm probably going to take another drink or two while I'm there. You will have several people go join you. Figured. I'll make sure the ship's ready tomorrow morning. And then I'll retire to my room early so that I can play with Lazarus. As your pet pseudo-dragon does come out. 
Hey, buddy. How are you doing? Who's my good boy? Play with him for a bit. You sense the presence of Umbra, the sense of his figure, kind of leaning against the wall of your cabin. Well, this will be an interesting endeavor, Akiva. Indeed. As long as uh, everything pans out the way it should. It'll be fascinating. Strengthen the ship, strengthen the crew, strengthen ourselves. Always a good bet. Do you have anything I should be aware of? I would assume that this Zolus isn't telling us everything. Of course. Keep an eye out on him. A, uh, sense a follower. Perhaps he believed in a deity as well at some point. You get that air of, uh, disappointment on him. One we are all too familiar with. One that is all too common on this plane now. Yeah, everybody's so attached. That they are. They should learn to simply enjoy their lives. Don't you agree, Akiva? Oh yes, very much so. Excellent. You should rest. I have several days of travel before uh, anything else exciting happens. Thank you, Umbra. Anytime, Akiva. I'm always happy to help. As am I. Slight smile before he seems to just fade from view. You get to enjoy some time playing with Lazarus. Elaine, you return to the bar. Zolus is there waiting. Have you come to a decision? We have. I want to make it clear that I am the captain. You will follow the orders or you will be asked to leave the ship. I have served on a ship in every position up to and including the captain. I have no problem following orders because this is your ship. I wouldn't think anything otherwise if you were aboard mine. All right. We're leaving first thing in the morning. The weather is clear for sailing. Well, I'm meeting you on the unco- I'm sorry, the rose. Yeah, she just raises a brow. Based off even your passive insight, this was a show that he knows your ship goes by two names, depending on whether or not you are committing piracy. First light? First light. Weather seems like it'll be good tomorrow. Hopefully wind at our backs. That's the goal. So, you enjoy some drinks, you head to your cabin for the evening, get a nice long rest before waking up the next morning to begin preparations to set sail. Next morning, you guys are get everything set. You're pushing off from the dock. Zolus is aboard. He is going about helping kind of wherever he seems to be needed. He is initially giving some coordinates, though, to Elman as to where to start to head. Your first day out, the wind is at your backs. You are bolting away from port till Amaran is just a spot in the distance. Weather's pretty nice out right now. A little bit foggy, but uh, nothing too bad, and when kind of the way that it's been just helps to push everything through. So as you guys are going along from the night before, you definitely have a few uh, crew members who are hungover. Some might still be a little bit drunk. I'll kind of just make sure they keep active and keep their mind off of the thumping headache they'll be having. At one point, Zolas will meander over as you're, you're pushing people. Excuse me, first mate. Yes, Zolas. Perhaps a, a rowdy song to get people going. What a great idea. Do you know a uh, drunken sailor? Oh, what, what do, you do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor early in the morning? Way up she rises, way up she rises, way up she rises early in the morning. Akiva, go ahead and roll a uh, charisma check with advantage. 16. You see the crew, like, even the ones that are slow to start, like, are starting to, to pick up the pace and get going and sing, and they're seeing the rhythm of, like, the motions as they go and hoist and pull and get the ship to continue to go underway. Excellent. Elaine, what are you up to during most of this? Kind of humming and, like, as I'm walking around the ship, checking everything, just keeping an eye out, making sure everybody is keeping their stations running, and occasionally looking out to the various directions just to see if I see anything on the horizon. Okay. First day out, as you're going along, you notice kind of occasionally off in the distance, you you know some birds and a couple of larger ships a ways off. One thing you do notice is there is a much larger ship. It's quite a ways behind you, but you feel like you also saw it this morning. Could just be moving in the same direction. You know the uh, Obsidian Isle is in this general direction, so perhaps it'll veer off by tomorrow. All right, I would give a note to Akiba. Help me keep an eye on that ship. Pretty sure I saw it this morning and could just be coincidence, but always good to keep an eye on those things that might be more than that. All right, Captain. First day out, good speed. You guys are making your way with no problem. Elman seems to be just on his game. All right, pull there. Now, all right, we gotta get, yeah, catch that wind. Okay, focuses back on the instructions of the map and just seems really focused. Second day out, 
Winds have shifted a bit. They've lowered the topsail, which gives you the most speed when the wind is at your back. They're starting to take a few of the oars out to try and keep you going, but you're going a little against the wind now. I would check several times on the ship that seemed to be heading in the same direction, potentially following. Go ahead and roll me a perception check with advantage. Total 17. Looking back, you think you catch sight of a large ship. It's hard to tell if it's the same ship from this distance. It's a little bit farther. They haven't veered enough to be going to the Obsidian Isle, but they are farther back than before. Based off your perception, you're noticing there's some storm clouds coming that might be crossing your path. I would go down to Elman and just kind of look over the maps with him. Are there any islands near us that we could head towards? You would be aware. The Obsidian Isle is very close. It's not very populated, though. Would we be able to skirt over to the island in case the storm rolls up on us without losing too much time? You would lose a lot of time. So I would gather first Maid Akiva and Cormaster and Bosun Arza and have them meet below deck, maybe in my quarters, and just say, we've got a storm coming up. What do you guys think? Do you want to risk staying out on the open seas and getting hit by the storm? Do you want to lose a day or two going over to the Obsidian Isle? Honestly, I think even if we go to the Obsidian Isles, we're going to hit the storm a little bit anyways. We could just push through. It doesn't seem to be too bad. If we head to the Obsidian Isles, I don't know if we have the provisions to lose a huge chunk of time. We planned for a 10-day trip, so five there, five back. I mean, assuming we only spend a day at the Obsidian Isle and none of the little beasties that are on the island come out. If we pull up the sail, basically reduce our speed, we minimize the chance of damage to the sails during the storm. At sea, that'd be a little bit better than being bashed against some, some rocks or some coral. Okay. Bosun Arza, the repairs you made, they will be okay should we hit the storm. They'll hold, uh, barring any <laughs> lightning on deck, but we're equipped to deal with those sort of things. Okay, then we will risk the storm. I would like to have some of the crew make sure that everything is tied down and properly secured. Bosun, make sure that your provisions, anything you might need to make repairs on the fly, are at the ready. First Mate Akiva, if you will let the crew know that we will be weathering the storm. Alright, come. And then I'll start heading up to the ship and start yelling, Batten down the hatches! Elman is going to kind of clarify with a couple of people that you're going to be leaning in the direction you intend to go and start pushing off in that direction before the storm hits and before you take the sails down. Meanwhile, uh, Arza is working with Elman on what material might need to be sacrificed, like in crates and stuff like that, in the off chance that it's needed for additional repairs or temporary patches. And then I would go out into the deck and find Zolus, pull him to the, the rear of the ship and point to the boat that is sort of following us and just recognize it, know anything about it. He looks back. My apologies. I thought that ship was gone. That's the Hydra. That's my ship. Or was. There was a misunderstanding with my first mates. Supposed to be sunk. And uh, I have a feeling that they know you are on my ship. Yep, I would assume so as well. Once we get the ship ready for this storm, I'd like you to meet me in my quarters to go over everything about your ship. Your ship's quick, right? When the wind's in our favor... He's kind of looking out towards the other ship on the horizon. Let's use the storm to our advantage. While my ship can take a beating, can't navigate a storm like this very easily. They have two options. Either take the beating, weaken the ship, or try and go around, spend more time to get around to get to us. What are the chances they know which islands we're going to? They don't know specific. Otherwise, why would they be following us? They'd already be at the islands. It's uh, nearly twice the size of this ship, but that means it's a lot slower. If we're looking to navigate, we need to... I'll pace them. That's the best bet for that. They have two kinds of weaponry. Main one is a ballista. Close range is the idea for that. Uh, I saw we have one on board here as well. Second weapon, though, the mangonel. Hits a lot harder, but a restricted range, though. You get close to them, they can't use it. There are three particular people aboard the ship that would have it out for me, assuming that uh, all the crew is still all right and good there. Their, I'm assuming, current captain now is Kaya. A half-orc woman. Smart. Plans. Seems to find weak points in people's defenses. Her first mate is a triton named Akaris. Beautiful voice, but uh, he can turn your worst fears against you if he needs to. Third one that you'd have to watch out for is uh, Bortai, a water genasi. She's some sort of uh, sorcerer or something. Most likely she uh, can make it a little easier for the ship in this storm. 
Those are the three that convinced the crew to go against me in our uh, disagreement. As far as I was aware, the ship was destroyed, or should have been destroyed. They can't go as fast as we can. That's our best bet for them. We're intending to go through the storm. They'll get hit hard. So, if we keep moving through, we can outpace them. Okay. Now, if they do catch up to us, best bet, get in close, take out the mangonel, get out. Or, I mean, if you're looking for a little bit of uh, righting some wrongs, take out Kaya. But, that's a personal vendetta. I'm going to go make sure everything's secured down below. Secure things on the deck, keep an eye on that ship once everything's ready for the storm. Eventually, you are as ready as you feel like you can be. So, as the ship begins to get tossed and battered about from the storm, first thing I need... Elaine, I'm assuming you're kind of at the helm and overseeing things? Yep. I need a survival check from you. Okay. Since, Akiva, I know you're trying to keep the crew going and keep them, like, in check and make sure everything's set. I need a persuasion check from you. Okay. And then I roll for the crew. Survival check from Elaine. 16 total. Persuasion check from Akiva. Nat 1, so a 9. You do hear some creaking and some groaning of the ship. The waves kind of crashing against it. It looks like there's some other maybe debris that's in the water. It is causing a little bit of damage as like stuff's just crashing at the side, but you do see your bosun is on it. As you continue to move about, Zolus is looking back. He's like, it's hard to see if the Hydra's still back there. Storm's getting pretty bad. You see no sign of uh, the Hydra right now either. So you continue to, to be battered and to push. The lightning bolt does strike the side of the ship and it begins to catch. I'd start yelling for a couple crew to start getting it put out. Roll me a d20 plus four for the bosun. Nat 20, so a total of 24. No big damage, just uh, <laughs> looks a little ugly. As she's screaming over the, the sound of the wind and the rain. Zolus is, is looking back and they're falling farther back. I don't, I don't see them much anymore. We're definitely getting a good distance on the Hydra. As you are proceeding along, however, you do notice some of the waters a little ways off to your port side, Elaine, starting to swirl a little bit. I need a survival check from you, Elaine. Akiva, what are you doing? As you start to feel the ship list to the port side. I'd be down trying to encourage the crew that's manning the oars to paddle as best as they can the starboard side. Make a persuasion check. Survival check was a 19. You feel the change in the wind and the shift of the boat, and you start to do what you can to get everybody turning starboard. Akiva, what was your persuasion check? 20. You hear the groan of the ship as the crew are like, you see them sweating, Akiva. They are pushing and pushing to get to more starboard. Elaine, you watch as, for a brief moment, use the pull of the, the whirlpool to kind of like propel you forward before the crew really pushes to pull away from it, kind of launching you out and away without taking a lot of damage from that thing <laughs> as you continue to move along. <laughs> I shout down to the crew, we're clear of the whirlpool. Very tired, cheers. After some more time as things are battering, storm starts to lessen, the rain isn't pelting, and the thunder sounds more distant as you continue to push. As soon as the rain starts to kind of ease up, so as you, you get everything set up, you decide to hoist your square topsail as you try and propel yourselves first curve southward following the wind as the storm is kind of like pushing along so that you can maximize your speed before then veering farther away from the storm to the east and push towards the isles. Zolas does take one final look back. All I can see is storm. Either they pulled away to try and circle it, or uh, they're stuck in it right now. Hopefully they hit that whirlpool. That'll do some serious damage to that ship. Plan, get to the island, get the stuff, and duck out from there as quick as possible. Let's do it. Okay. I'm gonna grab Zolas and let him know that I want him doing what he can on the ship, but I want him checking and scouting and looking for his ship just to keep an eye out for it. Yep, sounds good to me. If you need to take a break, feel free. That was a long night, so I'll keep a lookout for a while. Do what we can. Alright, so for your final day before you're supposed to hit the islands, is there anything you would like to do specifically? I do think we should have a discussion. I'm not sure if we'll have enough time to get on the island get what we need and get out before they get there. Since it does seem like they will be going at least to the same general area we are, so it might be a matter of us needing to take care of them before that. 
we'll have all the officers meet in the, the quarters again. Aye, aye, Captain. Zolus, which island are we specifically needing to go to, and what do we gotta be on and look out for? Shallow water, coral? Most of the side along the northern edge will have a bunch of coral around it. it protects most of the island from people just traveling through. I'll avoid the most of the coral. There is a path that you can use safely to get real close to the island while still in the rows here. And he'll gesture from the west. So you kind of have to go around the island and then come back in. Rather than take the rows up in there and potentially get blocked in. We could send our good friend Zolas here, maybe a couple crew members in the small boat, drop them off, take the rows and hopefully lead the Hydra away. Come back a day later or so, pick you guys up. I'd rather not be left on an island again. Obviously, I do not want to leave you or my crew. More people, though, that can get to that gold, the faster we can get it out. If we were to drop you off with a handful of men in the small boat, we could sail around a day or two just to make sure that we've lost them for good. You could find it, get it started uncovered. I have no problem uncovering the gold. If you trust your crew to take everything, get it all set up for you. I do. Very well. I was kind of thinking something along the same lines myself, so I'm in full agreement. I was just like, I would have to stay with the ship in general just for repairs anyways. I mean, I'd be real good at digging up any buried treasure for you, but uh, yeah, honestly, I think making sure the ship is as ready to go in case we uh, did not lose the Hydra would be our best bet. Quartermaster? Uh, We can try and navigate around the island. Circling it would take some time. Better than being blocked in. I can figure out a way to navigate us around if that's what you're looking for. Essentially keep us moving. My worry is that we get within the coral reef area and become a sitting duck. Zolus just uh, pipes in a little, well, you could use the coral reef to your advantage. We know exactly where the line is. I can pinpoint that. If you skirt along the edge of it, they try to chase you. Might catch them up. They're a bigger ship. I do think sending a small crew with Zolus to dig up the treasure and get that going while we're waiting to see if the Hydra pops back out of the storm. I'm fine with it, as long as we get the gold. Are you sure you want to handle the Hydra by yourselves, in case it comes to that? You already have it started. A day later, we swing in, throw everything on the ship, and take off again, and maybe we don't even have to come in conflict with them. Alright, let's do this then. So, you guys head in the direction that Zolus offers. Elaine, would you like to make a survival check with advantage? 20. You move along carefully. As you start to get closer and closer, you do notice fog has rolled in and pushed past, and you do see the islands. Thanks to some good calculations from both Zolus and your quartermaster, you quickly pull the sails up and start to row around the island, as the wind here might be a little bit too risky to rely on navigating these waters. As you start to skirt the northern and then uh, eastern edge of the island, Akiva, looking over the side of the ship, you actually notice you're skirting real close to the coral, but you're fine. You get past the second island as Elman gestures in the direction you need to duck in closer before dropping people off, and you're able to turn carefully around and so that your little dinghy can be lowered into the water. I'm sending him plus two. And I'd make sure that the the extra space in the boat actually has some provisions and stuff for them for the day. I'll look to my two men, you know, before it's lowered down. We'll be back. Keep a look around. If we do not come back in the next couple days, for some reason, it means the Hydra may have sunk us. Don't worry. You guys will be fine. You know our capabilities. And once they're in, kind of starting to head towards the shore, I'd rally everybody and get out of the little inlet. All right. You guys begin to move out. Is there anything particular you want to be doing during this roundabout? Just keeping an eye out for the Hydra is the main thing. I'd be watching the crew, making sure they're keeping their strength up. All right. Then I would like a perception check from Elaine and a persuasion check from Akiva. 23. 27. So you guys make a pass around the island. It took you guys a good portion of the morning to just get to this point. It took you an hour or two to get everybody set and offloaded. As it's approaching night, you're hitting the other side of the island. Crew is seeming good. Goober makes that mashed potato casserole that he was talking about. Also, as it is getting dark, I would like to make it known to keep light to a minimum on the ship. 
I don't want to be full dark, but definitely keep the lights low, keep the outer sides hooded so that the light is only on the deck and only what you absolutely need. It's hard to tell through the fog, but it seems like the Hydra might have had a similar thought because Elaine, you notice a small light way off in the distance that seems to kind of flicker and fade a ways off. I'll have Lazarus kind of stay within a 200 meter flying range. Flows off. So, go ahead and roll a perception check with Lazarus. 17. Looking out, Lazarus doesn't really call anything back. He's just uh, doing passes overhead. How's the wind? You guys haven't been using the wind much, but currently it is moving in a northwesterly direction, basically towards them. If we go dark and we're coming at them in the night, we might be able to take him by surprise. Assuming we get in to the proper range that we need to to avoid the mangano, we have a chance. If we don't, we'll probably get obliterated. Right now we have several advantages. Wind at our back, we can move fast. And if we go dark, element of surprise. I think we have a better chance. I agree. Quick note of our plans. Can you send Lazarus with a note? Yeah. I won't be able to communicate with him, but Lazarus can still take carry it out without my physical knowledge of what's going on. Give it to Lazarus and have him send it to Zolus. Yep. Roll a perception check for Lazarus. 20. So he will head to the spot that you dropped off Zolus. And you guys are headed towards the Hydra? Yep. So I would like a perception check, Elaine, to make sure you are headed in the right direction. 22. All right. You are approaching the light source, moving closer, pretty quiet, get closer. Doesn't seem like they've spotted you maybe yet. They're headed in your general direction, but as far as you can tell, they're not headed straight at you. Got it. You continue to move along as you guys pass the 800 feet, 700 feet, 600 feet. You are getting to within 500 feet when you hear splash into the water right next to you. I need you to roll initiative. So your ship will move and be able to do an action on each of your turn. Fully aware now that you have been spotted. Elaine, what would you like to do? Full speed ahead. Roll a d6 for me, Elaine. Four. That is an additional 20 feet of movement, so you'll close the gap by 100 feet. Akiva. I will give the order to fire well, giving it advantage on its attack. You are 400 feet from them, so you can fire as you have moved up. Go ahead and make an attack roll with the ballista. Eight. So you fire, and it disappears into the night. So it is the Hydra's turn. It's 350 away from you right now, and it is going to attempt two shots at you. One with the mangonel, and one with its ballista. The mangonel fires and just completely misses. However, the ballista fires, and it does scrape the side of the ship, dealing it 16 points of damage. As my action, I'm going to full speed ahead still. Bonus action, I am going to cast my bear totem on the center of the ship. I magically summon an incorporeal spirit to a point I can see within 60 feet. It has an aura and a 30 foot radius in each direction, and each creature of my choice in the area when the aura appears gains temp hit points equal to 5 plus my druid level. So everybody gets 7 temp HP. And on top of it, you and your allies gain advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws while in the aura. Take out the mangonel if possible. That brings us then to Akiva. I'm going to use my action to continue giving the aura to fire at will. That brings you within 260, which is not quite close enough for short range, but it's still a flat roll for your ballista. So you're firing at the mangonel? It is a 15 to hit. Just hits. Yes! 10 points of piercing damage. Akiva, you command them to fire at will as they load, set, aim, fire the ballista. You see it launch out as you hear thunk as it definitely carved into something and sunk the bolt in. You are confident you hit the uh, mangonel. Yes. Now it's its turn. So they fire and you see another like large rock fly just overhead as it crashes into the water and they fire the ballista as it scrapes again into your hull, dealing 14 points of damage. Azra is uh, doing what she can to try and patch things up. Uh, some of the crew like got 
knocked over to the side and fell to the deck, and they're scrambling to get up as as you guys are getting closer in this. But you're closing the gap very quickly. Elaine. I think I'm going to do one more full speed ahead. So 100 feet zip up in their face. You will get within less than 100 feet of them after this. I want to just veer off just slightly to their port side. So it'd be like port side to port side. Okay. Akiva. I'm going to fire at will again. By this time, you will have advantage once you get close enough. They are finally close enough. They're shooting towards the ballista, the people around it, a light crossbow attack. You see a couple bolts and arrows fly out, and they crash into the deck and miss. So now your crew gets hit by that. Awesome. Now you are within the 120-foot range to fire at the ship with advantage. This time, I'm actually going for the ballistas. 14? So you fire and you see it like a couple of the crew members duck as it passes just over the ballista. Just missed. Now it is their turn. They're still against the wind, but you see them start to turn towards you and they do fire the ballista. As they fire, you see it skim off the hole, not hitting it hard enough to deal any serious damage. You are now at about 95 feet from them. They are turning towards you. Your ship will continue to move. But they seem like they might be trying to ram you because you are a smaller ship. I'm going to turn further starboard, essentially hoping that they're going to keep turning. And I'll use my action to look. I want to see if I can see the captain. Make a perception check. It's a nine. Looking about, you see a lot of people moving on that ship. Akiva. I will whip out my kopesh. And you hear a voice like, yes, destroy them. And then I am going to cast Eldritch Blast at the Manganel. Make two attack rolls. Thirteen. Nine. You're at the front of the ship, so as you fire the blast, the first one just goes out and and misses. The second one must have misjudged slightly because it skims off of the hull. It is the main crew's turn over there. Akiva, you notice a figure moving towards the bow of the ship. You see some light form as something flies out towards you and the ship of electricity. I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. 16. You take 13 points of lightning damage as the blast hits you and then slams into the hull of the ship as uh, the ship is starting to like crack under the pressure of that blast. So that brings us to your ship, Fire Ballista. 15. That does hit. So you fire the bolt as it cracks into the side of the mangonel, but it's its turn. They're going to start to turn. They are real close, but you have 20 feet from them as you are turning, and they cannot hit you this round as they're trying to slam into you. However, they are going to fire a ballista at you. Actually, they're going to aim for your ballista. That's going to hit. So your ballista is takes 14 points of damage as it fires Akiva, you are able to, like, jump back as you see this bolt crack into the side of your ballista, damaging it pretty badly as it sinks into the hole. You're looking at it quick. You can still use it, but that was a hefty chunk of damage. Elaine. We're 20 feet from their ship? Yeah. So essentially, I want to pull back, and I am going to chuck my javelin of lightning across their ship. Okay. I'll go for this guy right here. The one that's to the back of the ship? Yep. Let's reckless this. Bonus action rage. You see spectral images appear all around her. And then I am going to javelin of lightning shout incoming as I chuck and release it. A 13 to try to hit that guy. So the ballista cannot make a deck save, so it's just going to take 46 damage. So that's 16 points of damage to everybody who failed that. Yeah, you take out like five people. You missed the, your target. All right. And then movement to try to swing across to the front of their ship. Make an athletics check with advantage for me because you are raging. 16. You watch as Elaine roars out. Spectral images appear around her as she hurls a javelin saying the magic word. It shifts into a bolt of electricity passing through the ballista, singeing three of the crew that are right around the mounted item and just you see them like shake and fall to the ground from the blast hitting two others as well as one figure that's towards the back before your target does like shift out of the way as it glances off their armor 
immediately after throwing the bolt, Elaine grabs on to some rigging, and as you leap across the gap, landing right by the ballista, like hitting the deck, like just barely, by the way, clearing the edge of the railing, rolling and finding yourself face to face with a water genasi who had cast that lightning bolt spell. She looks at you and just, ah, well, this will be interesting. Akiva. I'm going to turn to the crew and just say, keep firing on their weapons. And then I'm going to go run over to where I'm within 30 foot range of the ship. So the ability is called Blessing of Neslin. You run to the edge as a shadowy form overtakes you. It would be a brief moment that you feel like a cloak just envelops you and then releases you on the other side of the Genasi. And then I'm going to slash at her with my uh, Kopesh. 18 to hit. Most definitely. 12 damage. You appear behind this Genasi as you draw your Kopesh across her unarmored back. Also, I have resistance to all damage until the start of my next turn. Yep. The one you electrocute is going to take a couple of steps back. You can see now, she's the half-orc. So Kaya starts to take a couple of steps back and just goes, Turn! Ram their ship full speed at them! And she's like shaking slightly from the electrocution. And then she looks towards the two of you and just, That one pointing to you, Akiva. Strike now! Left side! But she's putting the Triton between her and you guys for now. He is going to kind of start to walk forward. So he's going to turn to you and just go, Oh, baby, your precious god of death is gone now. Are you okay? I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Five. You take a whole point of psychic damage. So you feel a slight twinge. So the Genasi then is going to focus its attention on you, Elaine, as she brings her hands out for a moment and then claps them together real hard. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Four. As she slams her hands together, a wave of energy goes out, hitting you in the chest. You take a total of 16 points of thunder damage, and I need you to make a dexterity saving throw as you hit the edge of the ship. Okay, so a 19 for that. So you hit the edge of the ship, and you start to feel yourself like being pushed over, but you grip the sides and hold your position and are not knocked over. You guys have occupied the ballista, so this ship can't fire at your ship. Back up to the top of the round, Elaine, you are up. I am going to beast shape. Do an axe beak. Can I actually shift around and try to, like, part of my movement keep running at her? Kind of like get in her face and, and circle around her. Akiva, you're up. I'll turn to the Triton dude and just be like, oh, it's too bad I serve somebody else now. And then I'll just turn back to this Genasi and I will cast Hex. The kind of billowing form of the cloak that had protected you swarms and extends around the Genasi, who is, with a combination of a large axe beak and a really creepy Shadar Kai, is starting to look a little nervous now. So she is Hexed. And then I'm going to attack her. Make uh, an attack roll. 13 points of damage. Plus your hex. Three necrotic damage as well. Okay. So as you hit and slash across her form, your blade digs into her side for a moment. She spins and thrusts her hand towards you. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Natural 20, so 22. You take no damage, but you are pushed right back into the trident. I'll just turn around and kind of face the trident. So... The half-orc Kaya pulls out a crossbow and fires at you. Akiva. A bolt sinks into your shoulder as you take 20 points of piercing damage. All right. The guy in front of you is going to... I think we might have gotten on the wrong foot. Goodbye. And he focuses and casts a spell on himself. And he goes invisible. Akiva, you hear footsteps pull away from you, though you want to take an attack of opportunity at disadvantage. Yes. That is fine. I will do that. This is a 13 hit. You swing and don't hit anything. Okay. She's going to reach her hand towards the sky as clouds form overhead. 
Elaine, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. 19. So a bolt of lightning slams into the hull, dealing some damage to the ship. Elaine, you get a little shock from it as you only take six points of damage. The storm clouds are still overhead. The crews are exchanging fire. Elaine, you watch a bolt fly just under your beak and into the mangonel as you just hear kind of a nasty sounding crunch as it just lists to one side of the ship. The mangonel is out of commission. Elaine. I really want to just freaking like Spartan kick her off the edge of the boat. That would be an athletics check, which you have advantage on. A 21. You flap your wings that don't actually help you fly at all to lean back and balance yourself as your talon comes back and then goes out. She is falling 20 feet into the water. I'm going to drop my beast shape, so turn back into myself and just look to the captain and kind of crack my knuckles and start walking towards her maybe like 15 feet. All right, that does bring us to you, Akiva. Yeah, for my bonus, perhaps, I'm going to move it to the captain so I can see her. I'm going to cast Armor of Agathus on myself. And then I'll kind of saddle close to Elaine. So that brings us to the captain's turn. She's going to fire at you, Elaine. That is a 24 to hit you. So you take 10 total points of damage, which is already halved. I need both of you to make a constitution saving throw as a loud piercing sound echoes from between you. You do see a couple of their crew start to like grab their heads and drop though. 14. Nat 20, total 23. All right, you both save. So you both take seven points of thunder damage. It is your ship's turn. You see the bolt go out and the half-orc who wasn't paying attention gets sliced across the shoulder. Crew doing good things. Elaine. So I'm going to walk up to her. I am going to just, I guess, whip out my scimitar. I am going to reckless attack her. Go for it. So you have an attack roll with advantage. So a 24 to hit. 24 hits. Eight points of total damage. So you smack her across the side. She kind of stumbles and kind of catches the edge. Akiva. I'm going to bonus action then. I am going to cast Hexblade's Curse on this Triton. And then I will move up so that he's between me and Elaine. And then, yeah, I'm going to slash him. 22 to hit. 22 hits. 12 points of damage. You hack in and kind of stumbles. So it is the captain's turn. She is dropping her crossbow, drawing a short sword, and trying to stab you with it. So she goes to stab, and you just bat it out of the way. She is going to then, bonus action disengage, start to go under the ship. So for the sake of it, she's actually, like, going down the stairs. The bard is going to turn to you, Akiva, and just... Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Kiva, your eyes feel heavy. Your limbs weighted. Uh, no, no. You you shake this stupor because you're an elf and magic can't put you to sleep. Elaine, there was a brief bit that you kind of felt that too, but rage. So he's going, oh, well, your other person you worship can't take me on. Yeah, that's a 22. You're fine. Elaine. I'm going to go chase after her, so. You round the corner, get down to the deck. You see she seems to be, like, starting to pull a tinderbox from her pocket. Yeah, I'm just going to run up and uh, scimitar reckless attack her again. Non-lethal, I want to knock her out. A 22 to hit. 22 hits. For nine points of damage to her. You whack her across the back of the head. She stumbles and keeps falling down the stairs. But she stumbles, clack, 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 and her head smacks into a pillow. Akiva. I will turn to this bard and say, Oh, you have made some of the worst mistakes. Also, say hello to Umbra when you die. And then I'm going to attack him. 24 to hit. 14 points of damage. Those dark tendrils that were grasping onto this triton shift up into a form behind him. A form of Umbra that just opens his arms wide. As you slash the triton, he seems to fall into Umbra's grasp as he just closes the arms, and the Triton's not there anymore. So for the sake of simplicity, this ship is dead in the water. Its crew are just like, whatever's left of them, are just hands up. Captain's unconscious. So, what is your intention? So my intention is to have the current crew on the ship and give them the option of staying on this dead-in-the-water ship 
or taking what provisions they would need and coming aboard mine and working for their lives. By the way, the captain, I would have tied up and showed that I did not kill her and then have her hauled aboard our ship. So the remaining crew was about 12 people. All 12 come up. I'm just going to go up to our newly acquired crew. So I will be watching over all of you. You saw what happened to your Triton friend. You understand what happens if you step out of line. The bodies on the ship slowly start disappearing in this black shadow over the course of the night. (laughs) By the time you make it back, Lazarus did eventually find Zolus. He was able to follow the footprints in the sand initially from the beach. He's a smart boy and he had plenty of time. So when you arrive, you do see... Hey, buddy. I am going to take the previous captain, Kaya, row ashore with her. Because I am going to let Zolus choose the option that is his vendetta, not ours. He just kind of just was like, I'm going to have a talk with her. I'll be back in a moment. They disappear out of your view. Zolus comes back alone, and you gather plenty of gold. But you guys made a boatload of money. Literally, like, you are borderline going to sink if you bring this all on board. But you're able to gather the treasure. You guys took some heavy hits. Yeah. But, uh... You made it through. I'm sitting back, feeling pretty good. Umber's happy. I'm happy. Lazarus is playing. Yep. Everybody's getting a nice cut of gold, except the crew that we just recently acquired. So, you know, like your boat usually sits nicely atop the water as you're sailing. This one's got like, you can look over the railing and touch the water. (laughs) But yeah, that's it, guys. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to check out our main campaigns where you can find Elaine Fox in Rumble Squad and Akiva Khonshu in Serviceable Plots. You can find us D&D Raw on all podcatchers or find us on Twitter at Rules is Written. You can also email any questions to me at dm at dndraw.com. And please, if you get a chance, if you're able, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. And I hope to see you next time in the world of Ostia.